Okay, so uh, welcome to the Mini Hoops podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Mason Wozniak, a.k.a. Doozy. I'm Gabe Schneider, another host. I'm Alex. All right, today we're covering some draft lottery takeaways. Um, last night was a lottery, obviously. Um, Detroit got the number one overall pick. Cleveland uh, jumped up a little bit to three. Toronto up to four. Houston falls to two, which is not much of a fall. Um, they retain their pick. Uh, Orlando falls a little bit to five. OKC, who's kind of the loser of the night, got six and didn't get Houston's pick. And then uh, our Minnesota Timberwolves lose their pick to the Golden State Warriors at number seven. Uh, Magic have two top 10 picks. Um, that's good for them rebuilding. Um, yeah. Any big takeaways from you boys in terms of order? I don't know, it's, to, me, to me, it's like crazy how like the last like three drafts, the team with the number one odd has not finished with the number one pick. Like right. It's pretty big, a big stat I saw. Um, the system that they implemented is really putting in work here. Yeah. The anti-tanking system is really uh, working how it's supposed to be working. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah. You guys like the system or not? I, I like the system. Yeah. I, I, just, I just like how it kind of just gets rid of tanking in general with all the top three teams having the same odds at the number one pick to make it fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's uh, – go ahead. I wish it was, like, a little more uh, heavier for, like, the top because, like – or, like, the worst teams I feel like had a little bit better odds because, I don't know, I feel like some – if you're really bad and you keep getting like four or five every year, I feel like that's kind of like going to come back to bite you. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think you could, you know, slap a few more percentage points onto the top three. It doesn't yeah. have to be like a drastic change, but um, mm-hmm. you know, like New Orleans got one two years ago, even though they were, they were what, like sixth. And yeah, I think they yeah, yeah. Up like six spots or seven spots. Yeah, the same year that the Lakers moved up to that year too. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I guess that's not horrible. You know, maybe you get some like small market teams in the top three when they maybe shouldn't be. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you could weigh it a little bit more. Yeah, um, I think just uh, coming from a Wolves perspective, they just – I feel like they seem to drop <laughs> every year in the lottery. So. Right. Definitely fair. Speaking of the Wolves – um the so the Delo trade has now officially kind of became Andrew Wiggins and the number seven pick in this draft for Delo. Um I as of right now, I would still do that trade. I'm perfectly comfortable giving up Wiggins and seven in this draft for Delo. Um yeah, I mean, we got rid of Wiggins' contract. Not that it's like a whole lot worse than or worse or better than Delos, but I would definitely still do that. What about you guys? I personally would definitely do it as well. I guess it more comes out to in a couple of years we'll find out if that seven pick was really worth it or not. But overall, I think the Wolves still won that trade, and I would do it over and over again personally. Yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, Delos definitely a better fit for the Wolves right now than having Wiggins because uh, he would like compete with Ant and it would just make everything complicated so yeah we'd be super wing heavy 
Yeah. If we had Wiggins to be Wiggins and Culver, Beasley, Noel, if you want to include him in there. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of, what, mm-hmm. twos and threes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the question, the, the, the question that I come to mind is, like, if we did into this D-Lo trade, would we still have Ant? Would, maybe would, would we have drafted uh, LaMelo Balls? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I hope we would still have Ant. I, do, I mean, I do too, but, like, just think about like our front office, we still had Wiggins. Do you think they would even draft? Like, I, don't know, I guess people are saying, like, oh, and that ant might be like a Wiggins 2.0, but I definitely don't think that's like true at all. But like, do you think they would have changed their mind and went with the point card since we didn't have one? I think they would have. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think it would have been repetitive to get ant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they would say, you know, LaMelo would make Wiggins and everyone around him better. So, I mean, that's definitely an interesting question. And I think Lamelo would definitely be the pick there if Wiggins was still there. Yep. So, Wolves obviously lost their pick. Bummer. Rockets now have two. They were rewarded for tanking and doing horrible at the end of the year, which sucks. Um, <laughs> but now with Christian Wood as their center slash, you know, big – what do you guys think about Mobley at two? He's kind of like the consensus two. I guess I shouldn't say consensus, but um, it's probably above Jalen Green and is not better than Cunningham. So what do you guys think the Rockets do at two here? Well, personally, I think that kind of the Rockets are like the biggest losers of the night here. They lose it. They lose out on Cunningham by dropping down to number two. And then the fact that, like Mobley's already like the consensus number two pick, and they already have the big. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to somehow try to make a lineup with Mobley and Wood work? How it's I'm just curious, like how would spacing work out for that, or do they go with like Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs? I'm just I'm totally shocked what they're going to do with that pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a question mark, and I don't know. They might have to uh, pass on Mobley to get someone else that would fit their team better. Yeah, I think that could be that could be a pretty crazy defensive front court. If they had those two, Christian Wood yeah. is what six ten, mm-hmm. something like that, and Mobley is you know the same. Or is he seven foot? I think my Mobley might be six eleven. Yeah, either way. So two guys, super huge, tall guys, defensive. Wood can shoot, like, I think he shot 37% from three this year on, like, pretty solid volume. Yeah, 37. 37% on five attempts a game. That's pretty good. So, like, that is a very, very solid stretch big. Um, I was looking at his blocks. Yeah, he had 1.2 blocks, which is also pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mobley obviously can light it up defensively. That'd be a hell of a hell of a front court. Exactly. Um, but it's the age-old question of drafting bigs at the top of the draft. You know, how does that some people prefer guards or just super high ceiling guys like Ant? I yeah. think that's um that always comes into question. I think Jalen Green is probably the the more the higher ceiling guy and probably makes more sense for Houston. Yep. Um but in terms of Wood, if they were – let's say they do draft Mobley, um, 
we can kind of pivot to a uh, Christian Wood trade here. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday. Christian Wood uh, to the Wolves. I think um, so. Wood is 25. Obviously, the Rockets are horrible, and they're going to be horrible for at least like two, three more, two more years probably. Mm-hmm. Um, good contract. He makes what 15 million. 16, 13 looks like 13.6. I believe. 13. Yeah. yeah. So. D'Lo and Cat are both, what, 25, 26? So yeah, I think he fits the timeline. He's like a defensive. He's, yeah, he's maybe like, not as good defensively as other people, but he can space the floor. He can shoot it. That'd be a hell of an offensive lineup. Yeah, I feel, yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like if you roll out Cat and Christian Wood, like Christian Wood would be the perfect power forward kind of next to Cat that can space the floor, play great defense, and is on a good contract. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. I definitely think he's would be a great fit next to Cat when we need a power forward. Yeah, he'd definitely be a solid uh, add addition to the lineup because you just fit in perfectly where one of our biggest holes is right now. But mm-hmm. he would be, I feel like, very difficult to trade for at this point, considering like his contract is pretty low. But right, a young player. Yeah, you definitely have to throw in like more assets. Yeah, at, they wouldn't just take like couple of our like like a Jared Culver and a Wancho you'd have to at least do that and maybe throw in like a pick like an expiring contract and like also some future picks or pick swaps yeah I think that's that's where it gets tricky it's tricky but it's also pretty simple at the same time because mm-hmm. Houston's just going to want you know any deal for basically any player on their team that's any good is going to be expiring contracts young talent and picks any combo of those so I think a deal for Wood would be any of our bad contracts, whether that's Ricky, even though he makes more than Wood. Mm-hmm. Well, he's on the cover. Yeah, yeah. And the Rockets will happily take on expiring deals if they can get, you know, some mm-hmm. picks in return. But I don't know if we would give one first rounder or two and say Ricky and Culver. It, I feel like you do that, but then you you throw on the protections, like maybe like a lot of protected or top ten protection. Just stuff like that make it so it makes like the uh, I just feel like I would you would not give up an unprotected first round pick and Ricky Rubio for Christian Wood in my opinion or, really? least two, or like two Maybe first Ricky, two first and, Ricky and an unprotected for Wood I, I wouldn't I, I mean I guess I'd do that but if you're talking about those like the two picks you know if you do the one unprotected definitely do not do the other one unprotected too yeah. I think I think as of right now I would definitely be on board for ricky culver and an unprotected oh i would do that in a heartbeat get culver off this team man yeah and then <laughs> i just i just toss in another one another first i think i'd probably still do it I, yeah. yeah i'd honestly probably do it too <laughs> like no, i definitely i would do that trade now like, now that you just said it but not just because of culver but mm. i just feel like he's also just a super good fit um, some other fits that come to mind would maybe be like a John Collins or a, or a Miles Turner, but I, know, I think yeah. Christian would, would also just be a great fit in general. Yeah, I think uh, I think a deal for Wood is going to be easier than a deal for Collins. You'd have to feel like you have to do a sign and trade to get Collins on this team, right? Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe it might not be that complicated with. Because Beasley would obviously go to Atlanta. There's like nobody else mm-hmm. that would be involved. Because I think with Atlanta, you have to give them 
guys who are going to contribute right away. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's easy with Houston is you can just give them terrible contracts of players who are no good or, you know, whatever, just give them bad contracts and picks and they'll do it. But with Atlanta, you got to have, like, they're trying to win. I mean, they're in the Eastern Conference finals. Like, they got to get better or at least stay the same if they're trading Collins. So that makes yeah. it hard for us. It does make even, and it even makes it even harder when he's a restricted free agent, not unrestricted free agent, too, at the same time. Right. So we could overpay, which would make then, it really rough. Yeah. And then with the Miles Turner thing, I don't know how they're, how they want to view the whole Sabonis and Turner fit. I've heard mixed opinions on both of them, but I also really don't know what they would want for Turner. You know what I mean? Like, he's still yeah. like, he's, Honestly, he's one of the best shot blockers in the league, and we could use some rim protection. But also the fact that do they value that more than, or they value that a lot more than other things, or like how is I don't know, I just don't know how that would trade would really work out. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as Atlanta, right? Like Indy is mm-hmm. not they're, they're borderline like right, like fringe playoff team. They're going to go out there and they're probably try and compete next year, get a playoff spot. Lavert will be back healthy. They have Levert, Sabonis, and Warren, Sabonis. Oh, yeah, Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb will be back, too. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, really... I think they could definitely make playoffs. So, yeah. we got to give them something in return that's going to make them better or at least, you know, mm-hmm. keep them the same as they are with Turner, which is tough. Yeah. It'd be Beasley. I don't know how well Beasley would fit. Um, with that bunch? Yeah, I don't know. They got a lot of wings as well. Warren, Lamb, Levert. Rogan's point guard, but I guess he could still play mm-hmm. too every once in a while. I just think the easiest one that makes the most sense would be right now for Wood. And then it just, it's still tough with Atlanta and the Pacers because they're both going to want to be winning now. You got to, you can't just give them like salary cap for like or an expiring contract. You're going to have to give them a player that was going to contribute to them. Right. Right. I think Collins is, um, it's going to be easier to get him than I think that we're thinking because I just don't think he's being used a lot in Atlanta. He's kind of like, I mean, they run that like double drag, high double drag with Collins and Capella. They've been running that in the playoffs and then Collins will either flare out to the three point line and Capella will roll to the rim, which is super deadly with those guys. Cause Collins is obviously a capable shooter and Capella is like probably the best lob well, one of the best lob threats in the league. And Trey can obviously, you know, distribute well. But they don't use him a lot. So they're going to – I'd be surprised if he came back, just considering their cap situation and how they use him currently. Yeah, I feel like they kind of use him in the same role as kind of Capella. They use him as that screen and roller. But, like, I just feel like if Atlanta wants to get succeed more, I feel like – I don't know. I just don't know if John Collins the best fit for them at the same time because he's kind of just – he's like a Capella, but, I mean, he can stretch the floor, but he does, like, the same things as what they what they want him to do on offense is literally the same thing Capella, do, Capella does when I'm watching the games. Right. Like, he's perfect at his price tag right mm-hmm. now, but if he jumps to, you know, 20-plus per what year. Do you, what do you think he gets? Like, what do you guys think he gets? I don't think he's going to get the max for sure. I think the Beasley deal could be similar to what he gets maybe on the lower end. I think with restricted free agency, mm-hmm. you know, people might overpay 
some really horrible team offering a ton of money. I think it's lower 20s, 20 mil. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like the NBA, I just feel like the salary cap's going to go up now that everybody's back watching sports, going to games. Like in the next couple of years, I feel like it's just in general, the salary cap will jump up. But I just feel like with Collins' value and people wanting, people wanting to overpay, like it'd be nice to get him on that Beasley four by 15. But I just think he's going to get that lower, lower 20s. Right. Yeah. Can, can we afford that? I'm just, can the Wolves afford that? Yeah, that's the next question is how much are we willing to pay him as Wolves fans with our current cap situation? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we can clear up money easily with Ricky and yeah. Culver probably. That frees up like 23. Six mil. Right. That's going to yeah. be a hard move to make. Yikes. But, um, yeah, I don't know what can be done. But You got to attach uh, that pick if you want to get rid of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And that's where, like, you know, a Houston or a um, some other bad team might be willing to take on that Wancho deal. Mm-hmm. But definitely not, like, Indy for Turner or um, Collins in Atlanta. They're not going to want to take those guys on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, pivoting to another trade possibility, Ben Simmons – the uh, highly touted man on Twitter right now that everybody loves. <laughs> um, so I mocked up this one. On kind of a side note, I think the Wizards have to blow it up this offseason. Um, fired their coach. Um, Beal has one year left and then a player option. So I think it's kind of the time to move him. They should definitely hit reset. Um, so I have Beal and Beasley going to Philly, Ben Simmons coming to the Wolves, and then basically just young talent picks and bad contracts going to Washington. So like George Hill, Ricky, Culver, Matisse Thibel, Tyrese Maxey, and then two firsts, two firsts from Philly and then one from us. And you mm-hmm. can kind of mix and match that, you know, those bad contracts and that young talent as you wish. You know, there's more than one way to do it for sure. Um, but the real question is like, what do you guys think Simmons' value is right now? Uh, I think Simmons. Go ahead, stop. I think it's still pretty high for like even how bad he was. Like, yeah, he was he had a really bad playoffs this year, but he's still like an all star who's what twenty three, four, something like that. Yeah, I think he's twenty four right now. Yeah, he's, he's still pretty young. So you, you can – I mean, he's not going to be – like, obviously, he's probably never going to develop, like, a great jumper, but he'll he'll perform better than what he did in his playoffs. So, right. he's yeah, he's still going to have a – Yeah, Ben Simmons is a I mean, right now, his, his value's never been lower than yeah, right exactly. now. Yeah. And – I mean, he just finished second in Defensive Player of the Year, you know, and a lot of people are thinking he should have been first. Yeah. So there are obviously a lot of people that are underestimating his value right now. But I also don't know how, you know, how other teams view him because he is kind of that liability on offense, you can say, especially in the playoffs. You know, things yeah. slow down. There's more half-court sets. 
having a guy who can't shoot from damn near anywhere but the paint and can't shoot free throws mm-hmm. is a liability. But that defense is unbelievable and it'd be perfect for the Wolves. Yeah, my yeah. take on it uh, wise with Ben Simmons' values, I he still has a ton of value. People on Twitter are just clowning him. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? This man is still a second defensive player of the year. Honestly, I think he should have won defensive player of the year this year. Um, and the real question for me is this offseason with him. Like, I've seen rumors that what if he tries to shoot with that right hand? Like, he's with all these things in the playoffs, he's been shooting 70% of his shots have been with his right hand. Like, what if he tries to switch it up? Like, that's that's big. And, but overall, I just think his, he, he still has huge value and it's going to cost a lot to get him. Yeah. Looking at this mock trade that you made, Gabe, uh, looking at it, it's actually more eye open to me now that George Hill and Ricky Rubio are both on expiring deals. Plus, they're getting the, they could be getting that, uh, that low or that just maybe that talent and stuff with Tyrese Maxey and Thibel. And then maybe Culver revives his career, but I highly doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, the important thing to know with the, the Hill contract is that it is uh, not guaranteed. Oh, that's even, so, that's even better, too. For so I'm years. not sure. I'm assuming that it'll just drop. I think it drops like 1.7 million if they don't mm-hmm. guarantee it. But honestly, I'm not really sure how that whole system works. So I guess it's just important to note that he probably will not be making 10 million this upcoming year. But like I said, you can mix and match bad contracts that go to Washington, however you want to, whether that's from us or from Philly. Um, so, yeah. Like, yeah, I just think this is like a real, a real realistic trade that you've mocked up here that actually – could happen, you know. Gerson is always on the phone talking to teams. Um, like another thing, bringing back with uh, the whole Christian Wood thing is, Gerson has that relationship with all these people. Like he has the relationship with people in Houston, and now he's got the relationship with the people in, in Philly with Maury because he used to work with Maury in Houston. Mm-hmm. So maybe they've been talking a little bit, you know, <laughs> trying to see yeah. if uh, maybe nope. they want to swing him over. Yeah. I don't know if that makes a deal harder or easier, honestly. Because maybe that's they're just a, like, you know, don't want to don't want to cede to their former yeah. co-workers, I guess you could say. But I feel I don't like know, maybe it's easier when you have a good relationship with somebody. Right. Probably, yeah. You just have a better idea of what to expect, I guess. Um, Is and then, there anything else that you guys would like to touch on here? We could we could either go back on to back to the draft, you know, we kind of pivoted away from that, but I think mm-hmm. either that maybe do some we could mock up some more hypothetical trades next week. You want to talk about the Cavs at three really quick? Yeah, I, I let's do it. Obviously, they have Sexton, Garland, oh, Jared Cole, uh, not Jared Cole, uh, Jared Allen. Yeah. Yeah. My AirPods just died, but go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they're pretty guard heavy, so. Uh, especially if Mobley goes off the board at two. Yeah, if Mobley goes at two, they, they got like a, a weird situation there to figure out what they want to do. I'm back with probably horrible audio quality, but here we go. 
What do you think, Ed? If Mobley's off the board, what do you think they do? I've seen, like, things where they might get rid of Sexton, but I don't know why they would do that. Right. What do you think? I think the Jalen Green pick is likely. Um, yeah, I've yeah. heard the Sexton rumblings, too. I think they could move him because he's got to have a payday coming up soon, right? Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. you don't feel comfortable with him. Maybe they don't want to pay him. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on Sexton. I haven't watched enough of him to really, you know, have a opinion on that. But I think Jalen Green is just a freak talent. Yeah, I believe I got to take that. Yeah, he definitely. I believe the sec count second for a contract uh, next off season, twenty twenty two. Okay. Yeah, I think that could play in a lot to this pick. Yeah, I doubt they're gonna want to pay him. No, we have with their current state, you probably don't want to pay like a young guy a ton of money when you're not really don't really have much of a future. Right. At the current moment. But do you think do you think they believe that he's the franchise guy, you know? Like he puts up these big numbers, but I don't know I don't even know if he's the fucking like, he's the franchise guy. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think his skill set is really valuable. He's like a I don't know, it's kind of an honest on the spot comp but like a better pat bev i guess like kind of a smaller guard I don't, although i don't even know how tall he is yeah shorter than six two probably maybe six three but can is you know he's short for his position right so but i mean he can shoot decent yeah, he, he's he a lot better offensively than beverly that's for sure right and i mean i think that defense is super valuable like for a team yeah. that wants to contend which isn't necessarily the Cavs right now but, I mean, that's got to be in their plans soon. Like, they've been rebuilding for so damn long. Like, it's yeah. time to – they got to take a step here. And so, that, that too, that makes me question the Jalen Green pick. I don't know if you take a project like Jalen Green, who could be boom or bust, if you want to, you know, start winning games, like, really soon here. So, I think maybe they move down from three and they could take somebody else. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like they'd be better suited for like a small forward, like a Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. Yeah. They do have Okoro, who I think was like decently he was okay last year. Yeah, but he's he's also pretty small too. He's in he's six four. And they're playing him at the small forward. Yeah, I don't know. You got Kaminga that's six eight or he's pretty tall too. Six I think he's six eight. He could also run that small ball and then just have the because Jared Allen, Jared Allen's not seven foot. He's a six eleven too. Right. They could honestly roll that small ball if they mm-hmm. take if they trade down and get Kaminga, maybe get another asset for the future. Yeah. Or maybe move up for Mobley potentially. If they That's let Jared Allen walk. Which would be rough. I'm a big Jared Allen fan. So if I were the Cavs, I would definitely try and retain him. But you know, to each his own there, I guess. Yeah, I definitely think that Jared Allen is a, honestly an underrated center because he's so good defensively and he can finish inside well. And I also hope they retain him. Yeah. What are some more hypothetical trades that you guys got? If you want to touch on that really quick. 
if you had any, or if we covered them all, then that's cool too. I guess I haven't covered all of them. Um, the, the fact that Jeremy Grant may be available intrigues me as a Wolves fan. Mm-hmm. I feel like also his fit next to Cat as a small ball four is intriguing, and it could uh, be really well because based on how he played in Detroit this year, I'm excited to see how he is next year or if somehow the Wolves can get him and how he'd be as a fit next to Cat. Yeah. So he's got, what, two years left on his deal? Two years, $20 million, I believe. Each season, right? $20 million? Yep, $20 million. Okay. I was going to say, holy shit, $10 million. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so two years, 40, two, two years, 40. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a um, – I'd like that a lot, obviously. Um, I think it would be kind of hard to get him just because – I don't know. Detroit is well, maybe not because they're still rebuilding. They're kind of like the the wizards of this Beal Simmons trade we were talking about, where they're not a good team. So you just gotta throw bad contracts and picks and young talent at them. I'm not sure. Yeah, it might be kind of difficult. I feel like yeah, all, some of these like power forwards are. I don't know how well or how easily they're gonna be like available for the wolves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i know it's just really hard to kind of just for the wolves to find that perfect fit next to cat yeah yeah feels like we've tried everything <laughs> yeah true okay well uh, i think that was a great first episode and uh we'll see you next week